The views expressed in this podcast are not representative of T13 Media. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only and should not be used in lieu of professional advice or guidance. In this week's episode, I sit down with Buffalo's very own Alice Rage, aka James, a really good friend of mine, as James unpacks a wonderful story of their struggle through addiction and how they are sober and what they are doing now as a fierce drag queen and creating a space for other queer and LGBT and beyond to really exist. I'm really excited. I hope you have your fork and your knife ready because lunch is served. Hey guys, welcome back to another Lunch Lady Mantra podcast. I am super excited this week to share this podcast episode with you guys. I am speaking with a really good friend of mine by the name of James. Hi, James. Hey, everyone, and hi, Jossie. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm really good. So today I spent with my boyfriend and two uh, good friends of mine. So now we're just like relaxing at home and I'm ready to just you know talk about some important stuff and uh see what we can unearth and uncover yes i'm really excited to unpack this episode with you guys so this week um james volunteered to share a very awesome story and i'm really excited for you guys to hear what we have to talk about and very inspirational motivational as some of you know i have been reaching out to close friends of mine and people in communities all across the nation to really sit down and have a conversation about an inspirational story or a topic and james is a good friend of mine that i met when did i meet you that's actually what i was thinking too i'm like i think that we met i want to say like 2006 or seven at Gliss. Yes, it was Gliss. Gay, lesbian, youth services. So I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore when I discovered her. So maybe I was a freshman. I think I was a freshman. Um, Yes. Wow. Thank you for actually reminding me. That's exactly how we met. We met in the basement at Gliss. That was super cool. Wow. Look at how far we've come. I know. And it was really cool that like we started in this atmosphere, right? That kind of helps gay, like gay and lesbian youth. And now both of us have kind of grown for, you know, gay and lesbian uh, youth and adults and stuff like that. Exactly. So this week, we really wanted to talk about just James's really inspiring story of drug addiction and how James was able to overcome it. And if I may add, I think James is a fabulous individual and they are killing it in this queer community. James is not only a mother of a house, but a fabulous drag performer as well. And it's been a really beautiful thing to be able to watch you grow in person and be able to watch you grow over social media. And a tidbit, I'm really close friends with his cousin, Stephanie Baker. So, right. yes, your name actually comes up in conversation very often in my life because every time I'm with Stephanie, we just kiki, you know, and then we always talk about you because, like, we're both just obsessed with how much you've blossomed and how beautiful. I mean, in your drag, uh, sis, your drag has <laughs> come so far and you are sickening. Like, you legitimately give me chills when I see your, your drag. I so. really appreciate that. I think sometimes people are afraid of encouraging others, you know? Yes. So, I mean, I have definitely had people come up to me and they're like, I really appreciate where you're going, but it doesn't happen frequently. So I want to, I want to say thank you for like acknowledging me and like my journey and like what I've been going through and the stuff that I've been posting, because sometimes I wonder like, is what I'm doing worth it? Is it being seen? Do people appreciate it? You know, I love doing dragon. Now I've been doing it eight years. I've been painting And I've been performing for seven and I've been hosting my own shows for three. 
And, you know, with drag, it has ups and downs. And sometimes I feel like on top of the world. And then sometimes social media kind of dies down and I upload a photo and I'm like, 20 likes? What is this? So, and then, but then it's like, you kind of got to take a step back because social media has kind of lifted drag off the ground and it's really put it on the map. But drag is still so much more than social media. So I kind of got to like take a step back and be like, you know what? If my stuff's not being seen on social media, I'm going to keep doing it because I like it and I love it. Um, and uh, I got to just trust that other people in the community, if they like what I do, then they'll tune in and whatever the case may be. Awesome. Okay, so let's just kick this off. So the topic that we're going to talk about, is again, is kind of like addiction, and James would love to share his story. So let's start off with kind of like when maybe you started using drugs. Yeah, yeah. So I started using drugs when I was a young teenager. I want to say the 12 or... 13 honestly and um it wasn't very frequent it was like more social um and then when I was like 16 or 17 I had stopped and I was sober for four years and then when I was 20 was when I started drinking and doing drugs again and uh so it's definitely like drug addiction is not something that really goes away you know and that's something that I've learned uh, over time and over the course of, I guess, my life and, like, what I've been through as far as, like, addiction. And uh, and it's, I, I think a lot of people think, like, okay, well, you're, like, you're fine now, right? And then pe- some people come up to me and they're like, okay, so are you drinking again? And I'm like, I can't, you know, I have to, like, maintain complete sobriety because I've tried it before, you know, that's what I did. When I started drinking again, when I was 20, I was like, okay, I could drink socially. Now I, I beat addiction, you know, I overcame it. Uh, but when I started drinking again, it was socially, but then when things go wrong, you kind of just turn to, turn to the bottle, you know, you, you take some drugs, a couple pills here and there, but then it becomes a consistent thing. Every time something is wrong, you're going to that. And that's kind of where that's, I think that's where addiction builds, you know, is when you need to cope with it and you need to fall back on it. So for me personally, uh, just to give you guys some, I guess, clarification as to like what my battles were. Um, I like to drink and that I think was, uh, I would say maybe the biggest issue and, um, pills as well, painkillers. And there was some other stuff along the way, but, um, those were really the two, things that I think like had a hold of my life, you know? And, um, I would tell myself like painkillers, you know, they're prescribed by a doctor, so it's okay. You know? And I was like, well, I'm just going to take these. Like it, it made me happy, made me feel good. Uh, and then over time I just got so dependent on it. I couldn't get up without, you know, needing a pill or having a drink. I didn't feel good or right or happy about doing anything, you know? And I just want to say today, after years of working on sobriety today, I was just talking to my boyfriend and I was like, you know, we're going to the beach and we're going and having food. And like, I didn't feel like I need to take any drugs. And it was such a great feeling, you know, because three years ago I wasn't in this place. It took a long time to get to this place where I could go out and just live my life without feeling like I needed to, take some substance, right. you know, to pick my mood back up. 
Okay. Okay. Cool. So, so what were some of the reasons maybe that you were using? Well, I think with everybody, it kind of starts socially, right? Like for me, it was peer pressure. It was totally peer pressure. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. Uh, there were people in my friend group uh, when I was a teenager who, you know, drank and smoked and did all those things. And I was like, uh, sure, I want to be one of the cool kids, you know. And um, and then I was drinking. I was like, oh, okay, well, I like this feeling. And uh, so then I, I started drinking more and more. And uh, because my teenage years were a bit difficult, they were rocky. You know, I was switching schools. I eventually had dropped out. I moved out of my mom's house young. And uh, it became a way to cope. But then I got sober. And uh, so then my young adult life between 16 and 20 was very fabulous. You know, I... I there was a lot of success that happened during that period. And, uh, you know, doubling back onto what I said, I thought that I had beat addiction. So I started drinking again when I was 20. And then I learned over time, I was like, oh, okay, this is something I'm going to be dealing with my whole life, you know? Okay. So, yeah, it started out socially, uh, but then it turned into just being a, a buffer for any time, like, I felt sad or upset or... Like, I just was bored, you know? A lot of people do it, it's like, they, they could be fine, but just bored, you know? Right. And uh, it's hard to back out of that and find new ways to reclaim your time. Uh, and the great words of Maxine Waters, you yes. gotta reclaim your time. <laughs> yes, reclaim your time. Okay, yes. Okay, cool. I really like that. I really liked how you worded that, and I appreciate you being able to really share your story and share your struggle, and, like, props to you for being able to just, like, come this far um, going through all that. Um, I remember when we were talking before that you mentioned a little bit something about homelessness, which um, I think is just incredible that you have gotten to a place of such stability, especially just because I've worked with youth who have been homeless, particularly like LGBTQ youth, and um, just watching some of the struggles that they face to kind of just get on their feet and like reacquaint themselves back into a stable position in society yeah. and being able to like gain that social mobility, it's very hard. And for anyone who's able to do that, I don't think um, other people around you sometimes take the moment to just say like, congratulations, you've done it. Even if you don't feel like yeah. you, you are at that place where you want to be, but the place that you're at right now is better than I'm sure where you were last year or the year before that. So it's like always a, a moment to say like, congratulations to you too. Thank you. And I totally appreciate it. And I would definitely say, I want to take that moment now that you said it, if anybody knows someone who's like struggling addiction, you know, and like they've been sober, even if it's only been for a couple days, couple weeks, like congratulate them because having small victories helps us make larger achievements. And when you're able to take stock and say, you know, this might be a small thing, but it's good, you know, and then you're able to say, okay, now that I did this, I can do more. Whereas if you're always kind of dulling down what you've did and you're making it seem like it's not a big deal, then you may be less inclined to make a bigger step and a bigger achievement. So thank you for congratulating me. I do appreciate it. Uh, with homelessness, yeah, and it, it kind of like goes right hand in hand with drugs and drug addiction and alcoholism. When you're homeless and you don't have a way to support yourself and you don't have your own home, your own bathroom, your own bed, what do you do? You don't have the money to go and get all those things right away. Well, you know what you do have? You have $20 to go and get a bottle to take that edge off, to take that pain away. But it becomes a cycle, and then you're not able to save money 
you know, because you keep spending it on these temporal pleasures and these temporal uh, moments of just, I guess, numbing down the pain. And that's kind of what drugs can be sometimes. So it's homelessness, I think. I haven't really heard of many cases where people who are on drugs haven't been homeless and people who are homeless haven't been on drugs. I feel like the situations really overlap a lot. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it's, you know, I try to do what I can. I'm very, I'm very proud to say uh, that this Saturday, uh, because I'm in a place where now I feel like I can start giving back to the community. And uh, that's always been a goal of mine to help those Uh, who are going through or have gone what I've gone through. So this Saturday, um, I'm going to be hosting a party at Mohawk Place in Buffalo, New York. And it's first and foremost, uh, a dance party for like LGBT and beyond. You know, I definitely have a lot of straight allies that attend this event. Um, But it's it's a dance party. It's a safe space. We're going to have like dubstep, uh, EDM music. But in addition to all of those things, I am going to have a basket raffle that I spent a couple hundred on uh, to raise money uh, for Compass House, which is a homeless shelter for or, uh, a shelter for homeless youth. And it's not just LGBT. It's really homelessness affects everybody. It affects LGBT. It affects blacks, whites, Hispanics, anybody. It, homelessness doesn't discriminate. It's really just anything could happen. You could have a fabulous family life. You could have a terrible family life homelessness really it just a lot of circumstances happen in the world and um homelessness kind of is like what happens sometimes so with this platform that i have and i'm very thankful for the owner of mohawk place and uh of course all of my performers that are joining me to make this event what it is i have a lot of great performers um too many to list right now but if anybody's oh i think by the time this airs it'll actually the event will already be over but uh Regardless, it's it's going to be fun in you know Mohawk Place. If you guys want to look up Compass House, I definitely encourage you guys to do that. Awesome, that's wonderful. I love how you mentioned Compass House because I worked for Plymouth Crossroads, and Compass House is kind of like our yeah. sister. So yes, you know, definitely like give back. Congratulations, that's awesome. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that's you. such an amazing. Oh, I love events like that. I love just having fundraisers for yeah. local shelters or just local community non for profits that really need the help and support. Um, Okay, so that was super awesome. Um, And James is going to definitely share maybe some tips towards the end of this to kind of just like wrap up that whole portion if you're going through addiction, if you've battled addiction. But really quickly, I just really want to segue and highlight like drag and the community that you have built. So let's just kiki real quick about that. So let's start with your whole drag persona. Where did it come from? When did it start? Why? Okay, so this is the fun portion. So drag, I actually thought drag was weird, if we're being completely honest. So when I was like a young teenager and I had attended my first gay pride in Buffalo, um, I seen a couple drag queens and I was like, oh no. And I was, which weird because like I was very feminine. So I didn't know why I had such a big problem with it. I was like, oh, that's taking it too far and I'm wearing like, tight like bell bottom jeans and like a tight shirt and I'm like yes uh so I didn't like it at first uh but a friend of mine uh showed me RuPaul's Drag Race 
and I seen a different side of drag. And once I was able to see it outside of, you know, just seeing it one day at Gay Pride, it's a lot different because you're seeing these girls after they perform, after they're sweating, it's the whole day. But seeing Drag Race on television and being able to kind of immerse myself in that, I was like, oh, wow. And uh, when I turned 18, I started going to drag shows. Um, and I, I learned way more about it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is for me. Drag takes everything that I love and puts it into into drag. It's I love makeup. I love dancing. I love moving. I love being able to communicate and talk to people. And I love sewing. So I was I was like I have all these things that I like doing, and drag requires all of them. So I was able to just plug it into drag, and and then it, it just happened. It just happened. Uh, so I started when I was seventeen, and um, so my name in drag is Alice Rage. So. The character of Alice Rage is she's this like gritty, you know, punk rock androgynous being. I don't know if I could necessarily say that I'm a female impersonator because the character of Alice is um presenting female, but I don't know if she would describe herself as female. I think that she uh exceeds gender, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I totally do drag that's like titless. I've done drag um, where I haven't tucked, you know, but it definitely is more on the feminine side. So I always paint my face. I'm always very, I try to be sculpted, uh, but you know, it's gritty. It's punk rock. Drag for me is about having fun, but using this platform to kind of talk about social issues in, I guess I can't be way to talk about these issues in a more lighthearted way, to be able to take an issue, make a joke out of it, but still kind of convey like this is still an issue. And I'm bringing it to the front and making it easier to talk about by turning it into a joke format. Um, so now lately, uh, I my residency is at Underground Nightclub. I host my own shows the second and fourth Saturday every month. Uh, I've performed at Mohawk Place. I've been fortunate enough to perform at UB. I've performed at Medi, and I've performed at DUville College. I've performed at Marcella's uh, a few years ago. Things have changed. My relationship with that environment is not what it used to be. Um, so I've taken a step back from that. But drag has helped me pour all of, like, my arts. And that, that's my driving factor. You know, I don't need, like, with drugs, you know, going back into that. When... Drag is, and Alice is the catalyst of my sobriety. You know, she was the one that was like, oh, okay, you're not going to ever move forward with drag if you're doing drugs or drinking or whatever it is. And for anybody that may be listening, it doesn't have to be drag. Drag could be totally weird and new to you. But I think the the point is still the same. When you spend a lot of time, we I think humans are organic computers. And we only have enough memory and enough brain power to operate so many programs at once. So if we have programs that are being taken up by doing, dr doing drugs and drinking, we're not able to follow our ambitions. We have to turn those programs off. We have to uninstall those programs. We have to uninstall whatever drugs it is and get those out clear, wipe the hard drive, and move forward, you know, focus on your passions. Because... Some people have been able to do both. There are people that are drinking and living happy, healthy lives, and that's great for them. 
but I was able to recognize that I am an addict and I will always want to go back to it. It's not a social thing for me. So I have to put that in the past and I have to move forward with my ambitions and my desires because I know drinking and doing drugs will prevent me from achieving success. Wow. That was absolutely beautiful. And I'm nearly speechless. Um, yeah. So I, and I will just, I really love how you are providing a whole new type of space for people yeah. and a whole new kind of show that really allows uh, drag queens to just create their, for themselves, not for yeah. the audience. They don't play like all the hit tunes because they know that the crowd is going to give out dollars. They're coming on this floor and giving out their heart and their art. So I really, uh, you're just a pioneer and you're becoming a pillar in Buffalo and it's beautiful. I, if you don't mind, I would actually love to talk uh, just a little bit about my shows at the underground. Yes, please. Let us know. Come on. I don't know much about it. So, All I know is yeah. that like I follow on so, social media. <laughs> so the underground is located at uh, two seven, oh, wait, 247 Delaware Avenue. And it's called the underground nightclub because it is quite literally underground. Yes. Uh, recently, we just had a makeover, so it's a really cool atmosphere. It's underground. I think it's a space really for anybody, LGBTQ and beyond. Uh, but my shows, like I said, are the second and fourth Saturday. And, of course, I'm very grateful to the owner, Nick, who has given me the opportunity to have my shows there. Um, but my shows, I, I am describing them as Buffalo's premier alternative drag show mm. because you don't really see a lot of alternative drag shows in Buffalo, let alone one that's scheduled bi-monthly. So I have so many diverse performers. I, there are so many uh, to name and I don't want to like single anybody out and leave people out, but there are so many drag performers that have done like bearded drag, andro drag, fishy drag, pageant drag, and I don't influence them any more than what the theme of the night is. I say, this is the theme. Make your style work with that. And it's been, I think, a huge success because you don't, in life, in, in drag and in life, you don't need to force yourself into this box to make other people like you. I said, I don't think I've ever verbally said it to my queens, but this is my mindset. Do what you do. And you're going to attract the audience that likes it. And it will be more organic. It will be more more celebrated. Uh, it will be a spiritual process as well when you're just living uh, in the moment for what you do and what you like versus performing something because you're trying to play match it with the audience, you know? So uh, if you guys are in Buffalo and you want to check it out, I would really... Uh, love to have you guys it's only a three dollar cover which is cheaper than anywhere in buffalo the money goes to myself and the girls to continue the shows and what we do i'm very you know thankful and humbled uh to nick for giving this opportunity to me uh snaps for the queen yes yes that's fabulous i'm so glad i learned that backstory so now i know that when i get to attend a show next month because i'm coming back to buffalo ah, <laughs> uh, i'm coming to buffalo for a whole month because uh, school's out and yeah so i will definitely attend a show i'm very excited um wow that's amazing 
Oh, I'm excited. Uh, it makes me feel warm. Um, okay, cool. That was that was amazing. Your story, your background, all that you've been through, all that you're doing now. That is just fabulous. Um, I just want to ask you like some closing questions, and that way um, we'll be able to wrap it up. So if anyone you know missed any points, they'll be able yeah, to catch definitely. these at the end. So if you could just tell an individual whether they're LGBT or beyond, who is struggling with drug addiction or trying to just overcome their environment. Because we know, we both know that a lot of times environment too is a huge uh, contributing factor to sometimes your uh, drug addiction or your struggles with it. What would you tell them? I would say that it's a long road uh, towards sobriety. And I would say that it is, worth it. And if you want to take the steps towards achieving sobriety, I think the first place to start is to find a community of people that don't do drugs. Um, be, what's hard, I think what's hardest is when you're in this uh, a friend group or social circle that does drugs and you want to get out of it, if you don't have another social group, because humans, we are social creatures, we want to have interactions and we want to have friends and celebrate and have fun. When we don't have that in a sober group, we will go back towards, we will, we will go back to the people that are doing drugs and drinking and so forth. So I would say, try to find a group of people who are sober. And um, I would say, you have to really commit to it. Um, I, and it does take a while and there are going to be some mistakes, but keep making the commitment, keep doing it. You know, uh, relapse is a real thing and relapse doesn't mean it's not something negative. It's not like, Oh, I relapsed. I fucked up. This is all wrong. It's just like, you have to get back on the horse, remind yourself, like, this is why I need to stay sober and say, you know what? I may have lost X amount of sobriety, but I am ready now to make new time for sobriety, even beyond this mistake. I've done it and I've been disappointed in myself, but you got to just keep doing it. You know, that's, I think the best thing to do is just move forward. And uh, like I said a little bit before, setting small goals, you know, and take stock of every goal and every achievement that you have. Let yourself celebrate, even if it's in private, you know. Yeah, definitely. I really like I really like that. And I also want to like go back to something that you said and say, like, celebrate the small successes in life and being able to like congratulate people for all the small things that they're able to accomplish, because like we don't know how hard something may have been for someone. And like I'm calling something a small accomplishment, but to me, it may be small and to another individual. It could be huge. Yes, exactly. It could be huge. So I think every accomplishment or every mountain hill that someone's able to climb over, um, you really give, you know, them the appreciation that they deserve. It's like an example that I use with my with when I'm talking to my students. Um, So I play hacky sack. If no one knows what hacky sack is, it's like you kick a a bean bag, a small little mini bean bag in a circle of friends and you guys can't use your hands. You have to just like keep it in the air. Anyways, when I play with my friends. Yeah, when I play, we clap. Even if you miss it, even if it falls, if you whatever whatever happens, we always clap for someone who attempted to get it, whether they got it or not. And that builds the morale. So about 30 minutes into our hacky sack session, 
everyone's playing really well because everyone has been appreciated and your your motivation in life is already that much stronger because you realize that you are appreciated whether you're doing bad or not you're trying and that's shown so you know you always I always think it's important to really just allow people the space to shine and give them you know sometimes the ignition that they need to shine awesome awesome okay cool and then one more question and then we can plug in our social media. So this is going to be to all the young queens out there who are interested into getting into drag, but they're nervous of what their peers may tell them or whatever, or just an individual who wants to just kind of just be out, be in, in their own skin. What advice would you give someone now that you are living this lovely life full and enjoying and embracing yourself? Yeah. Uh, thank you for that question. Um, I, there's a lot of advice that I could give. Um, but I will try to narrow it down, I think, to the key, most important things. If you're interested in starting, and even if it's not drag, if it's just like doing something that's a little bit more expressive, because it doesn't have to be, you know, going on stage and performing a show. Even if you just want to dress a little differently and just experiment that way, do it. I would say do it. If you're in, um, if your family setting or your social setting doesn't allow that, uh, like if you come from a religious family or you're worried about your safety, I totally get, don't put yourself in any unsafe situations. You have to always worry about your safety, but I would say seek out, use the internet. It's such a great tool. It's more than Facebook and Instagram, uh, which I will be plugging shortly, but it's more than that. It's where you can go and find out like local bars or local, um, uh, support, not support groups, but just like they have events where people will just like go and just like hang out, have fun, play dress up and you'll find your community, find your tribe. That's what I would say. Find a space where you could feel comfortable uh, doing drag and do it there. And if you feel like your family is comfortable with it, do it around them. You know, there will be times when everybody first starts, you don't always look the way that you want, because those kind of things come with time. I'm still trying to map my face out. But people will have criticisms. That's okay. What they have to say does not define you. You only can define you. Just keep doing it, keep practicing, and do it at your pace. Don't let anybody else's rules or regulations rule how you do drag. Yes. Okay. Fabulous. That was fabulous. This whole conversation was fabulous. Uh, I Thank really you. appreciate, again, you sharing your story. So where can my amazing audience find you on social media? Um, so if you've listened thus far, thank you so much. I would love it if you guys could follow me. I primarily use only Facebook and Instagram, uh, YouTube. I don't really use Twitter. I don't really use, but on Facebook and Instagram, uh, it is backslash James Divine Official and Alice Rage Official. And on Facebook and Instagram, you can also follow my house, which is what I consider my house is just my events and my performers and what we're doing out in the community. So if you guys would like to follow my house and participate in my events, I would love for you guys to follow House of Rage Official. And that's at Facebook and Instagram. 
Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing again. So there you guys go. There you have it. That was a beautiful story of how this amazing individual was able to kind of just battle their addictions and get to a point of stability. And they were able to not only become better in themselves, but also be an individual that is bettering their community and are able to give other people the platform to share their stories and grow. And that is what life's about. At the, at the, at the core of what a human should be is you should be able to give back in a way that is healthy and means right for you. So cheers to that. And thank you for taking the time out of your day to let me talk to you and interview you on my podcast because I really appreciate that You're too. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for taking this time with me. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I look forward to you coming back to the Buffalo next month. Yes, I will be there. I actually fly in July 27th. I'll be there for a couple of days, but then my family is taking me to Mexico for my birthday. Oop, oop. So. Oh, Fun. Yeah, so but I'll actually be in like Buffalo Stable by August 6th. So DM me some dates so I know when to keep my eyes open Absolutely. so I could come. Um, but yeah, so that was our lunch this week. I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that. And definitely catch us on social media. You already know where to follow me. If you're not following me now, you need to stop what you're doing right now and follow me at Wander Jossie, W-A-N-D-E-R-G-Y-A-S-I on Instagram. Definitely check me out, Wander Jossie everywhere. And yeah, so that was our show. We will catch you next week. Bye.